The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transformed their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning and welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, owner of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And you've heard the name, Anthony Weiner, Paula Dean, Men's Warehouse, BP, Toyota, the list goes on. The brands that get in trouble uh, whenever there is a crisis, it is so critical no matter what size business you are to have a crisis communications plan before that trouble finds you. And our guest today, David Johnson, is the CEO of Strategic Vision, which is an Atlanta-based public relations agency that specializes in branding, crisis communications, and media placements. He's appeared on CNN, CNBC, the Fox News Channel, NBC, CBS, and Fox Business for his expertise in crisis communications. David's here to talk with us today about the crisis communication plan that you should have and your brand. What does the crisis communications plan look like? What should you do? What should you not do, very importantly? So we're eager to hear what he has to say. Welcome to the show today, David. It's great to be on. Absolutely. So, I, as I said, crisis communication, that's where you and your company come in. Why is it so important for even the smallest of businesses? I mentioned all of the brands that we're familiar with that have had problems in the, in the news the last few years, but small businesses, you know, most of our listeners might be thinking, this doesn't apply to me. I think you probably have a different take on that. Oh, definitely. But I mean, a crisis can come in in any shape or form. And when it happens, uh, it can hit a small and medium-sized business even more uh, disastrously than what we've seen with some of the bigger businesses. And the other thing is, too, most small businesses and medium-sized businesses never prepare for that eventuality. And with social media, more than anything else, small businesses are the prime uh, targets for a uh, media crisis, for a PR crisis. And what I'm talking about is in today's social media world, every business, regardless of size, has a website, usually a blog. They have a Facebook page, a Twitter page. All you need is one unhappy uh, client to be- or customer to begin posting on your social media page, and that becomes a full-blown crisis. People share that status. The more outrageous and Customers, more and more of their complaints are becoming more and more outrageous. Online reviews at places like Yelp uh, can hurt a business. And the other thing is, too, newspapers, uh, smaller newspapers, look at these online crises, these online reviews, and all of a sudden they decide to do a negative story about a small business. And the small business owner isn't prepared when this hits because all of a sudden it spirals out of control and it affects his uh, customers his employees, and also vendors who will work with him as well. That's a good point. So it can jump platforms, as you suggested. It may start on social media, but uh, you know some of the other media platforms that are looking for stories, that 
read these story, stories online that go viral can actually transfer it over to another medium. And a very good point that you make is not always about your customers. It can affect your supply chain as well. Your vendors may start taking a look at whether or not they want to be associated with your brand, whether or not uh, you're a credible company to do business with. So let's back up a minute, though. Before it ever gets to this point, because we're all we're all susceptible to this in this day and age of social media, as you said, nobody is immune. Even and you might even say, well, I don't have a social media platform. I don't embrace that. Uh, I never have. It doesn't matter, right? Because even though you, <laughs> in fact, it might be more dangerous that you haven't, because then you don't know that it's going on when it happens. It can still go on even if even if you haven't uh, gotten on Twitter, if you don't have a Facebook page. So. I just wanted to make sure that was out there, too. But, but let, let's step back a minute. Before any of this ever even happens, what can a small business, mid-sized business, do to safeguard against this kind of thing? There's always going to be complaining customers. There's always going to be people you can't make happy. How do you prevent it from going viral then? One of the things is to have a plan in place. Know mm -hmm. who your spokesperson is going to be. Usually it's the owner of the business is the front uh, salesperson, have a procedure, too. Have your employees know, look, if this person's posting this negative stuff, don't go on and post something. Don't have your friends do it. Don't begin trashing this person. Let me respond. The other thing is, too, have a clear-cut uh, strategy of how you're going to respond, who takes the phone call when the local business reporter calls up and says, Hey, this guy is really trashing you and everything. You know, what is it? He says that you can't, you know, your service is horrible. He thinks you have financial problems. Have a clear-cut strategy of how you respond to this. The other thing is, if you have someone who's complaining, go out of your way to address their concern on a social media platform. Even if you don't have one, register and get one so you can at least respond on his social media site or her social media site whoever the complaining customer is, be very polite, uh, point out, you know, I'm sorry, I disagree with you. Or if there is a legitimate problem, what you want to do, even if you can't satisfy the discontent customer, is at least acknowledge it, say I've taken this corrective steps, offer them like if it's a restaurant, you know, a free meal, uh, free experience, shopping experience, to show other customers that you do take this seriously, you are trying to reasonably address their concerns and their complaints. Okay, so so to your point, uh, you should do this publicly. You should do this on the social media platform where it's gone viral, where the complaining is occurring, so that you're not only uh, trying to satisfy or make amends with the customer who's unhappy, but you're showing everybody else that is a potential customer that you are taking steps to solve the problem. So so you, sh you shouldn't just reach out to them directly. You should do it in a public way. Exactly. And the reason I'm saying this is with the social media sites, they leave uh, footprints. People do Google searches. A complaint yeah. will show up because it's been shared. Even if this person does ultimately take it down from his site, he may have shared it on half a dozen other sites because we know you can easily share it or somebody else can share it. So the problem becomes that that thing has gone viral. When someone does a Google search, you still come up with that complaint. That's why you want the record showing how you addressed it. The other thing is, too, you want an online management company, too, if you, uh, first you want to try, and then if you can't, 
maybe go to a professional, to the mm. offending person, or then to the uh, site that it's on, and ask them to remove it, to take that down. Because the one thing with uh, the online world that we're living in, even if uh, you don't have a social media site, even if you've addressed a problem, those things can still stay online for Google searches for a lifetime. And it comes up, even if there was no merit to it, someone will see it and, unfamiliar with the circumstances, say, hey, I need to stay away from this company. That's a great point. So what you're saying, would you suggest that in terms of the crisis communications plan, that you have it written down and it's just as seriously uh, communicated throughout your company as, say, your HR manual is, that just as many companies have, even small companies have an HR manual that you have, a, or, you know, company policy manual, that you have a crisis communications manual as well, and these are the procedures we follow in these circumstances? Totally, because, I mean, it can come in any way. I mean, someone can even mistake your company uh, for another company with a similar-sounding name and say that, you know, it's going bankrupt. They're in a financial problem. They're not paying their vendors. There's something that every company, regardless of size, should have in place. Number one, they should uh, – basic plans – they should know uh, who their spokesperson is going to be. Employees should uh, be aware of what kind of procedure there is if the media begins calling, how to handle social media, which goes hand-in-hand hand with a lot of HR policies right now as well with right. companies. The yeah. other thing is, too, they need to know and they need to have this ingrained that when the media calls, they need to address the issue. It could be a minor issue that you can talk to the reporter and the reporter doesn't think it's worth merit after you get off the phone or they're still going to do the story, but you have become the source of information. By not responding, not having it in your plan that you are going to respond to the media inquiry, all of a sudden reporters could go and look for a different source of information and it can be someone who is very critical of your organization. By being the source of any crisis, the source of information of any crisis your company is in, you become the source for the media as well, and you set the narrative. The other thing is so, you want to have so the plan in place because the first 72 hours of any crisis determines how the public reacts and the opinion mm. the public forms toward your company. So 72-hour timeline there. You've got that kind of a window to get the story shifted around. Exactly, and because in 72 hours, the media will go on to something else usually, but public opinion forms. And if you don't have your story out, if you're not addressing it, public opinion is formed. And the problem with uh, so many small to medium-sized businesses, they're still scrambling to do the basics of a crisis communication plan in those first 72 hours, and they're not responding to the crisis. Or they think they can ignore it and it will go away. Yeah, so no comment is not an option in this case. No, it really isn't, and I'll tell you why. No comment comes across to a lot of people as you must be guilty of what you're accused of or you're hiding something or you're too arrogant to respond. The other thing, uh, we were talking about social media. You also want a basic apology formed and everything, but it's got to be very sincere and it's got to address the issue if you have to apologize. People are more savvy in this day and age, and they can tell if something seems like a canned apology. And sometimes that can actually hurt you more than an actual apology. Um, KFC has a franchise 
out in uh, Colorado. Uh, they were accused of having uh, some contaminated water in uh, some of their uh, food and everything. They were shut down. Their response right away, I'm talking the franchise, not KFC, the small independent franchise, yes. seemed like a canned response, and that drew more outrage than the, the original problem. Okay. So so who should be involved in a social media plan, or excuse me, in a, a crisis communications plan? Obviously the business owner, obviously there's the staff needs to know what procedures to follow, but should there be an attorney involved? Should there be a communications professional such as yourself? Who should be involved in a crisis communications plan? Uh, you should have the owner, of course, of the business, uh, any relevant personnel that are in the decision-making process, uh, process of the company, an attorney, of course, because, of course, there's going to be legal liability. And then it's always great to uh, consult with someone who uh, specializes in communications in PR. Yes, okay. Now, with everything that you said and with so much at stake and the point that you already made that small businesses, because they are smaller and have fewer resources usually to combat some of these things, uh, with all of this at stake, why is it that so many small businesses or brands, even, even larger brands, why don't they have these kinds of plans in place, a crisis communications plan? They become very plausé. The last thing they ever think of is that they can be caught in a crisis. Uh, and so when it hits and everything, they're really unprepared because they're so busy in getting their stories out, in doing their marketing, their branding, and promoting the company that they never think about the negative side. Never, Nobody ever wants to think about the negative. Nobody ever wants to think about how they can be hit, how they can be attacked or hurt. They always want to think about the positive. So they're always left scrambling. And we've seen it with major corporations. And a lot of times they may have a plan, but the company doesn't want to admit that they made a mistake. I mean, we saw this mm -hmm. with Toyota when they had the brake failure. We saw yeah. it just recently even with uh, Paula Dean and with this latest thing, not business-related but sports, with Alex Rodriguez. His PR yeah. response has been horrible to it. He's neither denied the charges or apologized. And that's hurt him more because most people don't want to admit when there's a mistake. Right. Very, very true. And But as you've pointed out, whether whether you're right or whether you're wrong, the way that you respond and the fact, you know, whether you're whether you're showing that you're taking it seriously and are trying to work with it, it goes a long way. Um, what are some examples? We we, draw, we dwelt a lot on the wrong way to do things, but what are, give, give us some examples of companies that did the right things, where something blew up on them and they responded properly and actually came out looking okay. Well, I mean, one of them was uh, uh, Honda. The uh, same time when Toyota got caught. They came out, they acknowledged, you know, we have a mistake in our, with our car, we're doing a recall. Nothing uh, after that really was done. PNC Bank this year did something great. When their accounts were compromised, their online accounts and everything, before the story could get out or anything, they addressed the issue. They sent out uh, letters to their uh, customers. They also alerted the media, look, our online accounts have been compromised. We wanted to bring you up on um, this right away may make you aware of this and they did that very well other banks try to deny it or try to hide the story until it becomes a full-blown crisis pnc mm -hmm. bank on the other hand 
they basically, by getting it out, it, nobody it was in the paper for one day, and then nothing more was said. Right. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. You, you've mentioned that there's a 72-hour window in which public opinion forms, whether you're a small company, whether you're a large brand, and then given our news cycle, something else takes over and, and has the attention. So let's say that I'm a small, mid-sized business owner, and I did not have a plan in place. I spent that 72 hours trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing, maybe did some things that heightened the situation, made it worse. I've got a black eye. Let's go post-72 hours. The damage has been done. Is there anything I can do to try to recover at that point? You can try to recover, but usually the damage is done at that point. All you can do is try to repair some of it and realize that the process is going to be far longer in putting back together your reputation than how do you respond in the first 72 hours. What you can try to do is attack it on the margins, uh, do what you should have done realistically in the first 72 hours. Okay. What do you mean attack it on the margins? What I'm talking about is attacking it on the margins is basically you can attack some of the charges that have been leveled against you, uh, but more than anything, what you're doing at that point is explaining why you didn't have a response to begin with why it took so long for you to respond. Okay. All right. And and at that point, I mean, you mentioned the bank who did it right and who reached out through letters to their their uh, members and customers. At, at the post-72 point, is there, prior to that, I know a lot of it's public, but, but after that, is there a lot more individual outreach than there is during the first, first 72 There's hours? There's more individual outreach after the first 72 hours. The other thing is, too, uh, what you're trying to do at that point also is begin getting the narrative away from that onto a different initiative to a different story. Mm, very good. So if, in, as we wrap up here, anyone who's listening uh, as a result of this conversation today, what if they don't have a crisis communications plan in place, what is the one thing after hearing your advice today that they should go and do right away? The first thing is they should sit down, assess what could possibly potentially hurt their company, and based on that, how would they respond to that? Basically put together some different worst-case scenarios that could hit their company mm-hmm. and what their response okay. should be or what they think their response should be. Very good advice today, David. If anyone is interested in continuing this conversation with you, wanted to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, They can uh, contact me at djohnson at strategicvision.biz, or uh, they can uh, go on our website, strategicvision.biz, B-I-Z. Okay, David, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate the insights, and all of you who are listening, if you do not have a crisis communications plan in place because you don't think that a crisis can hit you, you better think again and take some of the advice that David gave us today and start implementing that. We hope all of you will go out to our website at ithinkbigger.com, and you can find resources for your businesses. You can also follow us on Twitter at ithinkbigger, and you can like our Facebook page at Thinking Bigger Business Media. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll see you next Friday. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.